began so long ago with a band of Queen's Park men. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Spiders Talk podcast. It's David Blair, Enzo Tamarini and Calm Stewart with you once again. Once again, for the third week in a row, we're here to review another Queen's Park victory. Well, this time it's over Cove Rangers in the Championship. We're also going to look ahead to the game coming up this week against Dundee. We've also got a bit of news about Queen's Park and obviously what's been happening on and off the park in the last week. And we're going to continue our segment on our favourite starting 11s of our time supporting Queen's. We're moving on to the centre-backs, which are going to throw up uh, a few different uh, choices between the three of us. We're going to start, obviously, with last Saturday, the Cove game at Alcoview. So, Queen's Park lined up as they did against our broth the week before the 2-0 victory up there. We had Ferry and goals. We had the back four of Davidson, Kildee, Ezzy and Robson. The midfield four of Savory, Thompson, Boateng and Thomas. And then we had the front two of Williamson and the captain, Simon Murray. Last week when we spoke, we pretty much thought that we were we would be all being quite happy with the same lineup from the Arbroath game as the Cove game. And well, Callum, that seemed to be the case. So Owen Coyle agreed with us. Yeah, I mean, I, I suggested last week that I would have liked to have seen, um, potentially seen Bannon in ahead of Kildare this week, but I was definitely wrong because I thought Kildare had an absolutely excellent game and that's for the, the second week in a row, so so fair play to him. But no, that I was pleased to say the same lineup. They get the guys the guys deserved it. They did, had such a good win the week before and they've went out and done it again. And I like it when you start to figure out who a manager's starting 11 is. So many times we've seen constant, constant rotation with managers over the last couple of seasons. It's nice to see Coyle starting to form who he thinks is his his starting team, which is which is good to see. And a lot of the guys put in decent performances. Granted, I think it was a lot less comfortable than any of us would have liked. We obviously had some pretty wild predictions that we'll uh, we'll recap later on in the episodes. Um but no, on a whole, it's a good game to get a win. Uh, you'll always take it. Cole finished miles ahead of us last year. And despite their injury woes and general lack of signings, I think it's pretty clear this season that we're just not going to get easy wins. Um, so you'll take everyone that you can get. And certainly after this amount of games, sitting third place, 10 points, talking about could we make playoffs, all that kind of chat is absolutely wild and um, not necessarily what I thought would have been happening. Yeah, I'm starting to get used to this. I'm starting to get get used to this feeling of waking up on a Sunday with another three points on the board. And and I don't think anybody would have expected after five games for us to have, for us to have uh, three wins, a draw and a loss. I mean, that that's a pretty incredible start. But the thing is, you're, I think we just, we have, a, you know, we have the players and, and a squad that is capable of competing at this level. It's not, it's not luck. It's nothing like that. We're just a good team. And, and some, and you know, we, it was a little less comfortable than I think any of us wanted or expected before the game. But Cove was such a stuffy team, and we hadn't really come up against that this season yet. So, yeah, it, it was a good lesson in, in how to deal with with that sort of setup as well. I'm not sure many teams will likely play like that, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, brilliant to get a bit, a bit of consistency, bit of consistency with the starting lineup. The only thing that I suppose you could say looked a little bit different. It's not a change, but you know we had it with a bigger bench on Saturday, which was excellent. Having that depth is really important at this level because you you know what it's like when you lose an important player if you don't have somebody that they can slot into that same role then then you maybe end up having to change the whole setup which which isn't ideal 
But uh, yeah, if if we can, you know, if Coyle now has a better idea of, of what the starting lineup is going to be regularly going forward, then then I think I think that's a really positive thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned as well about the, the sort of the depth in the bench and having those players available. Uh, running through our bench just very briefly, uh, we had Herity, Naismith, Brown, Longridge, Kenny, McPake, Moore, Bruce, Bannon, and Jarrett. We had ten players on the bench. I really a full bench. I surely you can't name any more than that. Looking at Cove's lineup, I mean, I'm not going to run through their entire lineup, but they only had five subs. Uh, it's been pretty well documented that they've had issues with, well, you know, certain players leaving. Uh, they've maybe not recruited perhaps as well or as much as many players as they would have liked. Uh, yeah, it just shows again the the off-the-field stuff that we've done this summer and the recruitment that we have put in place, you're absolutely right, Andrew. It puts, our squad is now actually at the point where people are going to sit, sit up and go, well, hang on a minute, it's not just Little Queen's Park, blah, 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 or we are we are here to compete. And it's, it's still early days, but we are looking good for, I mean, we've earned our third place so far, haven't we? Absolutely, yeah, and it's really exciting to see. Um, obviously, We've got some interesting fixtures coming up. A couple of teams that we haven't played in a while in the league, but that that depth is is going to be is going to be very important. You talked about Cove missing missing a lot of guys. Obviously, Meganson being out for them isn't ideal. And then obviously Jim McIntyre came in and and got rid of one of the biggest attacking threats as, as soon as he started the job. Probably not great. I know that I don't know if either of you saw it, but Peter Head put out a, a statement today saying that they were really struggling with their, their recruitment this summer and, and, a, and a factor that they touched on was where they are geographically. It's, it's, it's not easy to get guys based further than maybe even Dundee to travel to play part-time football. And I know Cove obviously have a bit more funding than Peterhead. They've got a bit more money, but I would imagine their recruitment is going to suffer from the same, you know, from the same thing to an extent. David, you, you and I had a good chat with a couple of Cove fans in the pub before the game and Kind of got the impression that they've not been too impressed by Jim McIntyre so far. That you know, when he first came in, he promised them quite exciting attacking football, but it doesn't seem as though they've delivered that at all. And and, and they've not had the the start of the season. I think people would have. Ex- I know you know for the most part, people were were predicting them to finish in the bottom half of the table, but they've they've really struggled so far. Yeah, you're right. They have, and the fans that we spoke to when the lineups were announced, uh, you know, around about two o'clock or, or just after two o'clock for for ourselves, they were incredibly pessimistic uh, about the lineups. Um, we obviously pointed to the fact that they did have a former Queens Park player Louis Longstaff, who you know I think we said or said our piece on before and things like that. Maybe uh, to put it politely, maybe flattered to deceive last year, maybe with the reputation that we thought he had and things like that. I think we were all quite surprised that he actually got another uh, another team up here and he got and he got a contract at Cove, albeit just for the year. Um but yeah, you're absolutely right. They uh they certainly haven't been too happy so far, the Cove fans. And I mean, going into the game, they wouldn't have seen too much in the first half to have been happy about either. Uh they they really didn't have much threat at all. Their their best chance of the game was actually almost an own goal from Queen's Park. So just jumping ahead to that before we talk about how Queen's Park pretty much dominated the rest of the half, uh, there was a corner that came in and I'm not entirely certain who it was. I think it may have been Vigers, but I could be wrong. Uh, got a header at the back post and it looked like Eze then got his head onto it as well, obviously trying to clear the, the goal-bound header, but he actually directed it towards the top corner before Simon Murray was on the line to clear it off, clear it off there. Aside from that, they... 
they really didn't offer much in that exciting attacking football that McIntyre supposedly promised. Well, it absolutely wasn't on show on Saturday there, was it? Cove in general, you're right, that there, there wasn't that much going for them. The one area that I thought they did look threatening was uh, their, their number 13 down the left side, Kieran Dunn. I think they got him from Sunderland. Um, he done well. He took on, he had a lot of one-on-ones with Davidson and he didn't, he, he seemed to have the better of him, frankly. Um, but, I mean, what can you say? They were missing a McAllister up front. Let's let's be frank. They didn't, um, was it McDonough they had up front uh, until they subbed him at half time. He just didn't really offer anything. I don't think he was particularly good. The guy that came on at half time was a wee bit better. Um, but you can see why they're potentially going to struggle this year. The recruitment just doesn't look like it's there. Whether that's through financial constraints, whether that's through what the point that you made, David, about the location, I think it is a genuine, a genuine consideration. I'm not sure, but without it, there, there's so many decent sides in this league and they are going to have a hard time of it unless they perhaps bring in a few loan signings before the window ends. That's always a possibility. Um, but I don't know what sort of relationships they have with other clubs in that respect. I think they've got a pretty positive relationship with Aberdeen. So they, they may have a player or two on loan from them. And I know that they have they've done that in the past as well, which makes sense, obviously, based on, based on where they are. Um, but to be fair, if they're planning on bringing more players in, they've, they've not got much time left. So... I, if, if they're not in for the games this weekend, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure who they're playing on Saturday. Should I check that actually? But um, yeah, it's just uh, like you say. There's, there's there's a few different factors, and, and your new manager coming in and, and telling your your best player to get out the door isn't isn't ideal. That's not going to be conducive towards towards improving and you know maintaining the, that form that they, they came off the back of last season into the into this season with and, and you know improving on that it's just it's just not a, not a great situation I don't think no definitely not and I mean when we obviously spoke back a few weeks ago now when we did our our sort of season preview when we all looked at the teams we uh, it was myself that actually looked up Cove and spoke a lot about them and it was that Jerry McDonough that has came in and is basically now having to replace Rory McAllister uh, he he had a rough time. He really learned what hashtag defend like Ezzy is all about <laughs> because um, Big Stephen did not leave him alone for a minute. Uh, yeah, he picked up a booking for simply being taller than him at one point, which was really disappointing to see. But I don't think I don't think that controversy of controversy of Willie Collins will uh, hit the papers anytime soon. Unfortunately, I don't think we're quite big enough for that yet. But aside from as I say that that Cove chance, which was almost an own goal. It was pretty much all Queen's Park. It seemed like Cove were set out and the game plan was just sit back, just frustrate Queen's Park, try and not let them through and let's let's get out of here with the point. I think we all said it to each other multiple times throughout the first half especially that that is exactly what it looked like they were doing. We had a number of good chances in the first half. A couple of the best ones came from Dom Thomas who once again had an excellent game. Uh, he had a... In the first half alone, he had a, an early shot down at the, the near post, which was well saved by uh, Gurley. I've forgotten his first name. Is it Kyle Gurley? Either way, the Cove goalkeeper, yeah, he made a couple of really good saves throughout the game, but that was his first one. And then Thomas again had another really good shot, but this one went to the far post. It was almost like a, a cross, cross slash shot. I mean, he'll probably say it was a shot. 
but it bounced off the far post. Uh, that was another great chance, but there was a couple of different times in the game where he got a couple of excellent touches. Uh, he didn't give Shea Logan a moment's peace, who obviously has a, a pretty good reputation from uh, his previous teams that he's played with and his sort of calibre there. Again, as I say, it was probably one of Dom Thompson's best games, and I think we've said that a number of times this season already. What else has there more to say at this point? It's, since the league started, he's just every single game, I feel like we're saying, oh, Dom Thomas had a good game, Dom Thomas looked excellent, Dom Thomas done this. And he just seems streets ahead of a lot of players in this league. I'm feeling more and more spoiled by the day we're having him and, and Savory at either side of the pitch right now. He's very quickly becoming one of my favourite players. I, I love watching the guy play. He's so exciting. You never know when... I mean, he has it in him to create something out of nothing. And, and those moments of creativity are going to they're going to win us points across the season that we might not have won otherwise. And listen, you, you, you can see why he was one of the first players in the door when we get promoted and... Um, Oh, he's, he's 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 a joy to watch. Yeah, he absolutely is, and he's definitely there's there's a good few number of uh, players that have came in that are early shouts for signing of the season, but he's definitely up there as well. And we're we're only going to keep seeing more of the same. There's still a lot of football to go, and hopefully he's a big part of all of it. I'm sure he will be. So say he had a couple of good chances in the first half. Um, I think Simon Murray had a couple of good shots, and Savory had a header uh, that was over the bar as well. There was a lot of half chances, nothing, aside from the two Dom Thomas ones, I don't think there was anything that was really clear cut in the first half. Maybe that's a sign of like Cove's game plan of trying to frustrate us working. Maybe it was, I don't know, maybe we just weren't quite at the races ourselves. Obviously, it was a smaller attendance at the ground there. Obviously, Cove are, like ourselves, one of the smaller supported teams in the league. Um, Stenner's, you know, the Oco view has definitely been... I had a pretty good atmosphere the last few weeks, but it was a little bit flatter on Saturday there. Maybe that contributed to it, I don't know. But eventually, we got the breakthrough before half-time. It was up through a penalty. Um, Scott Williamson won it. He uh, latched onto a through ball, stood his defender up, and then tried to play a cross back into the box, and it was blocked by a, a Cove defender's arm. Uh, unfortunately, the highlights were reverting back to one of these Pixelot cameras, so... Not the greatest quality, not really able to see who it was, but it seemed like there weren't too many complaints. Simon Murray stood up, dispatched the penalty into the bottom left-hand corner, 1-0 Queens at half-time, and it was a, it's another classic football cliche, a good time to score right before half-time. Well, it's always a good time to score, isn't it? But like, I think my expectation was that was, because you mentioned that, obviously, David, I, I genuinely feel as though Cove came into that game playing for nothing each from the start which is a, a crazy tactic to be honest with you it's never really going to work against a team like us because we're always going to get a breakthrough I mean you look obviously we've been quite leaky at the back but we're good at scoring do you know what I mean we will eventually score I don't think there's been any games so far this season where we haven't at least scored one even the games you know and then the cup and that where, where we struggled a little bit more uh, and, and I thought with them you know with them conceding right before half time that they would have to they'd have to try and go for it a wee bit more in the second half, which would open them up, and, and that's when our a bit more outlandish predictions might uh, might come to life. But I, I suppose it nearly happened, but um, it, it didn't quite. Yeah, I, I did have the fear a wee bit as that first half was closing in, that I was getting vibes from like previous seasons where we were playing against teams that you would, sort of in air quotes, hope to beat. And they were sitting back and we weren't really getting the, the proper clear-cut chances to, to finish it off or actually just finishing them off. We, we did have a few chances at half. We should have we should have scored from open play. But I, I thought we were maybe a wee bit fortunate to get that. But I'll take it. 
I will take it. We've had plenty of luck go the opposite way against us and we'll continue to do throughout the rest of the season. So um, I'll, I'll take any penalties going. Yeah, absolutely. Well, moving into the second half, uh, you mentioned sort of any luck will take it. I think you've got to say there was a little bit of luck involved in the 2-0 goal as well, which was obviously Simon Murray's second goal of the game. There was a catalogue of errors at the back in the Cove defence. So it was initially, it was a through ball for Simon Murray that was not particular, well, it was kind of dealt with by, I think it was Reynolds at the back, who played the pass out to Shea Logan. Logan then played a a really sort of wild and a really awkward pass back to to his goalkeeper, Gurley, who kind of shanked his clearance but he still managed to find Fraser Fivey, who instead of turning round and maybe doing what you'd expect him to do with the ball and you know, take it off for a run or play the pass up the field or whatever, he then went to go and play the pass back to Reynolds, who had Simon Murray on his shoulder for, for a pretty inexplicable reason. Simon Murray nicks in in front of him, gets a lovely little touch to knock the ball round Reynolds and runs round the back of him, gets on the end of the ball, knocks it into the, the bottom corner of the net, 2-0. Yeah, it was really sloppy defending, and if we'd conceded a goal like that, I'd have been absolutely raging, to be honest with you. Uh, the thing that really stands out for me about this goal, though, is I feel as though... So, last season, whenever we talked about Simon Murray, and this was even before getting into the playoffs, where he, where he really kind of looked a totally different player, we quite often talked about how, for every goal he gets, he's going he's gonna to miss eight or nine really good chances. And I feel as though Simon Murray of last season wouldn't have scored that goal. Do you know that? But he just looks so much more composed when these opportunities do fall to him. Uh, and, and and that is like a really good example of, of the improvements he, that he's made over the past, I don't know, maybe four to five months or something like that. Yeah, because even when he received the ball, like it wasn't a particularly easy position. He had to he knocked it round. The guy got past him and slotted it in sort of the, the goalie's side. So it was it was an excellent goal. And whilst I agree, David, there definitely is an element of, I don't know if you want to call it, well, as I suppose it is luck with the sort of catalogue of errors. Some of that is forced. I mean, it's pretty noticeable since we've been playing two up front with Williamson and Murray that our press is just a lot more effective and it's causing mistakes from teams. And even from the, the, the goal kick, that was due to Williamson pressing the keeper immediately. He had no time. Fivey gets a ball. He's worried about guys pressing them. And then obviously Murray's already up there with him. So I think it's a benefit of having the two guys up front that you can cause that pressure and sort of eke out a few more mistakes because when it was Murray before and then he had the sort of bank of five behind him in the previous season, he would be running around, he would be chasing, but it's almost ineffective because they've got so many guys spare that they can they can just kind of take it past them. So whilst whilst it was a wee bit of luck, um, I think there is credit in there for the, for the work rate of the guys for um, pushing them because they did it all game. No, you're absolutely right, and it's a, it is a very good point as well. You know, Williamson did his bit for the whole game, and I think it's you know, as you say, it's a lot of running from him and from Simon Murray. We know that. Obviously, Williamson was substituted off shortly after this goal, and then Simon Murray actually was also subbed off because he went down with cramp. Um, we obviously hope there was no more Better than cramp, be. and he, uh, no more than cramp, and he's hopefully you know fully recovered and going to be ready to go for this week as well. But the two of them up front, obviously, it has been one of our probably one of certainly my favourite sort of changes of the, the formation change and, and having the two of them up front constantly putting the pressure on because well you've got Savory out wide on the right you've got Dom Thomas does that as well on the left and you've got Thompson in the middle who it, it seems to do that as well puts a lot of pressure on it, and you've got like Boateng just kind of mops up 
everything that happens in behind. See, I think it's been one of the best things about this formation change and why I'd be very happy to see it going forward. Going back just to your point, Enzo, I want to ask, a, I don't know if it's a, maybe a daft question here, but you mentioned about how you know, Sai Murray, you know, Murray of last season maybe would have taken more chances to actually get the goals, whether it's a confidence thing or whatever. Do you think it's part of that maybe down to having taken the armband over the last couple of weeks because he really seems to have he seems to have come into his own again with that. And I think, well, he certainly thinks it suits him because when he was substituted off, he never gave up the captain's armband. He kept that with him on the bench. But do you think think that's something that, I mean, he he certainly seems to be relishing that. And there was that little post-match interview that he had as well, where he also mentioned that he's really enjoyed being the captain as well. I mean, he is relishing it, and, and and he is he is a leader on the park, and he was a leader even before he got given the armband, and, and I think it's really good to ha- to see him, and you know, with that additional responsibility, and I think he's the sort of guy that thrives with that responsibility as well. I think you do see the odd player that maybe when given, you know, when given the the captaincy, it actually detracts from their game, but you're you're definitely right in saying that he's obviously improved. As a, as a result of having that extra responsibility. I don't know if that's necessarily the reason why he's become more clinical and he's taking more of his chances now because he was taking his chances even before he was he was given the captaincy. I mean, there's there's a lot of factors to consider. Obviously, he has lost a bit of weight. That's, that's one thing that we talked about before. He's, he's not as bulky as what he was before. I, I'm not saying he was overweight, but he was considerably more muscular. And, and you know that that may have been a, a result of the fact that he was out for for long periods of time. Maybe couldn't do as much cardio. So he was focusing on the you know the weight training and stuff like that. And maybe that didn't really suit him. Maybe that kind of um, caused issues with with you know certain aspects of his game. Another factor which I don't think can be overlooked is that our manager was a prolific goal scorer as a player as well. And maybe just some of that's rubbed off on him. You know, I'm sure he's got some techniques, some some things that he can show him. And, and you know that that could very well be an important factor in, in this new Simon Murray that we're seeing? Well, it basically started from the point that Coyle came in, didn't it, when we seen the upturn from him uh, throughout the playoffs? I mean, he was obviously hugely influential in the fact that we're actually promoted. He might be one of these guys that just suits the, the more pressured environment. Do you know what I mean? Every game that we're going to play this season pretty much will be a big game for the club. It's not going to be... Um, like the last few seasons where a significant portion of it we're going into expecting to win. Maybe he's kind of enjoying that extra competitiveness and expectation around what he can do. Um, But either way, whatever it is, I hope he uh, keeps injecting it for the next um, few months because it's it's class to watch. And I think everyone gets a wee bit of a buzz with, with how well he's doing. I mean, I said last season when it was looking a wee bit ominous in regards to Murray's future where I was at the club, I've never wanted a player to do as well as as Simon Murray. Like I just wanted him to do well because see when he's in about it and he's so infectious, like he's so excited. He absolutely loves scoring goals. He loves winning. Um and it's it's great to see it working right now anyway. Yeah, absolutely. As as you say, long long may that continue, whatever it is that they're that they're doing, whether on the park and off the park. You mentioned that our manager is a prolific goal scorer. I'm wondering if we could maybe sign a coach or something that was a an incredible defender and knew how to keep clean sheets because we seem totally totally incapable of doing that and straight at straight after we went two 0 up, the sixty third minute we scored, sixty four minutes, it's two one. So from the kickoff, Cove went a throw in, 
the throw-in makes its way to the half-time substitute, um, McIntosh, who'd came on up front for McDonough. He make, he plays a 1-2 a and gets a run in behind Ezzy, and he puts a good finish right across goal uh, into the far corner from Callum Ferry. I don't really think he had much chance, if any at all, with, with saving that. Is the hunt for a, a lead clean sheet goes on. Yeah, and I, 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 looking at the games we've got coming up, I'm not sure how soon it's going to come. Um, to be fair, like you say, I'm not sure there's too much that Ferry could have done for the goal. He had a very quiet game, didn't he? He wasn't involved in a great deal overall. But just a little bit of slack at the back. Just a little bit of slack, and that's something that we've talked about a few times, isn't it? Like that, I feel as though whenever we concede goals, we're consistently pointing out maybe where... I don't know. There was a, maybe a, a bit of a lapse in communication, concentration. I don't. I don't know what it was, but it was a little bit disappointing. I know you just like one game for it to be a wee bit comfortable, wouldn't you? Um, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. But if we come out of it with the points, um, I'll take I'll take the excitement and uh, and roll with it for a wee while longer. But I agree, we we shouldn't be conceding every single game, and it must be really frustrating for for guys like Ferry and that as well. Because like, let's be honest, we should have got out of that one with a clean sheet. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just it's worth mentioning. To be fair, right, there's still guys that are adjusting to playing at this level, and and I think it will come. Like, I, I don't think we're going to concede every single game this season. Um, and I think I think we will become a little bit tighter at the back and a little bit harder to break down, and we'll stop making you know these little little mistakes that are that are letting teams get half chances that they're nicking against us. Uh, I suppose we'll see if maybe I don't know somebody at right back that that's that's rumored to be potentially joining us this week might be you know might make the difference when he comes in. I don't know because I think that's one of the areas where we probably have struggled. I mean, I, I really like Jake Davidson. I think he's excellent going forward, but in one-on-one defensive situations, I, he does kind of give me the fear a wee bit. To be honest with you, I don't think that's his strength at all, and and. Yeah, if, if rumours are to be believed, then it looks as though we, we might be bringing someone in that, that could slot into that right-back position because it looks as though maybe Naismith hasn't worked out the way we'd anticipated either. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because our bench is getting bigger and bigger and you wonder if we might see any of them actually sort of go out on loan before the end of the season because it is becoming a very, very large squad, even when you sort of extend that into the, the young Queen's element. I do agree on on Davidson. I think there's still a bit of development that he'll be wanting to do, and hopefully that's something that the club can work with him on. But we've said a few games now, like I mentioned that their number 13 came done, had a good game. Uh, Thistle, their their winger, kind of had the best of him as well. And it just creates a, a lot of space and a lot of opportunity down that side of the pitch. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we do get someone else in um, and the impact that they might have. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll certainly come round to that point uh, very very shortly. But we'll we'll round off the the Cove game here because really after after they they scored and it became two one, the despite what the aforementioned Cove official match report says, there really wasn't an awful lot in the game after that. I thought it was kind of a bit of a, a sloppy affair. We had a couple of good chances. Um, there was a, a really nice pass move between Thompson, Murray, and Williamson that. It led to Thompson getting a shot maybe about 12 yards out and it was once again well saved by uh, Kyle Gourley in the Cove goal and his final 
great save of the game was from substitute Johnny Kenny who came on and he had a, a long range shot maybe from about 25 yards or so and it looked like it might actually have just snuck into the bottom corner but it was tipped around the post after that it did feel like Cove started to put a little bit of pressure on us but it was pressure without anything really coming of it like there was maybe a couple of corners and there was a couple of tame shots there was one in particular where they took the shot and Ferry obviously stopped the ball but never picked up and then everybody just walked away from him I think he managed to waste about a minute before a player actually came on and, and actually put him under a bit of pressure to um, to make him pick up the ball and make the game go on really I, I, I know you two both kind of laughed at me when it was a Thistle game for saying it was comfortable but I thought we were comfortable certainly at the end of that second half as I say there was a little bit of pressure but there wasn't really any threat was there well I, I would agree on the whole it was just that one with Fraser 5 at the end where he sort of came in from the left hand side oh, and he just yeah. start, he just kept running across our, our box like the edge of our box and just had a free shot goal thankfully literally hit it straight at Ferry so as you mentioned they, they, Ferry didn't end up having that many saves to make but I think had he been a wee bit more clinical, we could have been uh, in a different situation. But yeah, I would agree that there wasn't much else going on. But what did you think of, of our subs? So we had Kenny come on and we had McPake. We've still not seen too much of McPake. I'd, I'd say, like, from my perspective, I thought it was good to see Kenny's shot. That was a decent strike and maybe that's part of his game. But I think it was really noticeable not having Murray on the pitch with the presence and the energy that he brings. Obviously, Kenny has had absolutely zero starts um, and not a considerable amount of time. But if we are bringing Kenny into the team, I would like to see him alongside Murray on the assumption that Murray isn't injured as opposed to in place of him. Yeah, I don't think they're the same kind of player. That's a problem. And and I mean, it, hopefully it won't be a problem with any luck. Murray will stay fit all season and, and we won't have to be replacing him in the starting lineup. I mean, I don't know... If it comes to where we ever have to start Williamson and Kenny together, and like I say again, I, I really hope that we don't lose Murray at all. If it comes to that, then, then it may be that we take a slightly different approach tactically and, and we won't miss the way Murray holds up playing and all the work. I don't know. I, th- I think that's a big if. I mean, he, he's so good right now that I can't imagine that team without a minute. I thought Kenny looked all right when he came on, though, to be fair. And, and, and you know, I, I've, I said it last week after the both game, I, I do think eventually he's probably going to carve out a place for him in, in the starting eleven. McPake didn't look quite so sharp. I, I thought he actually struggled when he came on. I remember one um, I remember one incident where he, he, he totally backed out of a tackle that, that I think he really should have been going in for. To be fair, like if he has had a knock over the past few weeks, maybe he's just a little bit apprehensive about that. Maybe he's not 100% yet, and that could be a factor. I'm not sure. As it stands, though, I, I don't see him... I, th- I think he might struggle to... You know, to to find a place in the starting eleven. Yeah, I think as long as we play four four two, I think Savory's claimed that sort of right mid slot as his own. Uh, as I say, as for as long as we stay in this in this current setup, it was definitely, and I do agree with you, it was definitely noticeable when Murray and Williamson both went off. Obviously, Williamson was subbed off uh, for Kenny, and then Murray obviously got injured. So I think the hope maybe was to have. Kenny and Murray, you know, for a bit longer than that half, but with Murray, come, you know, suffering cramp, he had to come off and we did put, did we not put Savory up front, didn't we? And we put McPake out on the right, so obviously did, yeah. Sa- Sa- Savory getting slotted in up front, um, you know, I mean, 
nothing you know nothing against him he had another again another solid game uh, but you could just tell there wasn't quite the same energy and everything that, that comes with Murray Williams but I think that is that they are just different players and I think that is just going to be part of the, the challenge for Coyle and, and the rest of the, the staff to, to work on how we're going to play if and when you know different you know whenever Williamson and Murray aren't going to be available because it looks like at this moment they are going to be number one and number two so yeah we, we need to work out how we're going to play when they're both either or both aren't available and it will be a different look Queens at that point but you know <laughs> thankfully it didn't cost us anything on, on Saturday Aye. we did we did come out with the three points and that's what mattered there we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it if we come to it which hopefully Hopefully we never will, but I think it's it's worth mentioning that you know we we've come away from from a victory in the championship. We've got three points, which is fantastic, uh, and and we're we're still we're not that excited about it. Do you know what I mean? We're kind of we're saying yeah, it was, it was a good performance, but we could have done better here. We could have maybe kept a clean sheet. Maybe we should have scored a few more goals. That that says a lot about how far we've come, you know, the, and and how good this squad and, and these players really are, and, and how well they're playing. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's um, testament to everybody off the field throughout the summer and obviously yeah, how we started this season in the league. Yeah, the, the Premier Sports Cup group was a little bit of a mixed bag, but since it's came to the league, you, we are sitting obviously 10 points from five games. The, you could make the argument that we were the better team against Inverness back in the first game of the season. And then when you look at their results since, I think we all feel that that's maybe two points were actually dropped there. You've then got the air game where we had such a good first half and such a terrible second half. And there's the argument that we still should have been a point because the club got a written apology for the penalty decision because by the rules of the game, it shouldn't have been a penalty. So you could argue that we should have had another point there. There's, there's actually every argument that we could be sitting four wins in a draw. <laughs> if I, I know that's totally, oh, hindsight, you know, what if, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we have started so well and... <sighs> Yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, there's not a single Queens fan that wouldn't have bitten your hands off for uh, 10 points from our first 15 available. So it's it's been an incredible start to the season. Like you say, let, let's just hope it, it continues this way. Yeah, absolutely. So last thing from, the, obviously, the Cove game there. Got to pick our man of the match. Enzo, you go first. So this is a, it's a difficult one. So I am, I am going to give it to Simon Murray because he... If he had just scored the penalty, I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think he, the second goal was really well taken too. There's a part of me that wants to give it to Dom Thomas because I thought he was fantastic, and, and I do actually think he's been our consistent, consistently our best player so far this season, but for his two goals, which is a huge contribution and a 2-1 victory, for me it's Simon Murray. Yeah. Ooh. Um, yeah, you would think... Murray, but I'm I'm going to go Thomas. I thought Thomas was, I mean Murray was excellent as well, but Thomas was just causing all sorts of problems all game. He had so much of the ball, so forward thinking. Um, yeah, to- Thomas for me. Thomas is a a really good show, but I'm going to have to side with Enzo, and I'm going to have to go with Simon Murray because, he, as good as Thomas was, and I totally agree. You know, he he looked excellent all game. It's how Murray scored the two goals. You know, you cannot argue with that in a two-one victory. So, our man of the match then for the Cove game was Simon Murray, and that means that we continue in our streak of having a different man of the match for every single game this season. So we've got Thomas Ferry, Botang, Eze, and Murray. There we go. Oh. We're, we're trying to keep it as open for as long as possible. <laughs> and again, and again, that's what we're saying. It just shows how good we've started. There's been so many different players coming in playing well. 
it's um, it's an exciting time to be uh, a Queen's Park fan. I think that's that's absolutely for sure. Uh, let's have a quick recap of the the news of, from in and around Queen's Park this week. Uh, a quick Queen's Park teams roundup because we forgot to do it last week after we said the week before that we were going to do it every week. So. I'm, sh- I'm sure there was somebody tuning in especially for that, so many apologies. <laughs> uh, so we did have say, just a quick Queen's Park teams roundup. So the Queen's Park women played on Sunday. They came down to a 4-3 loss against Stirling Uni. Uh, it was looked like it was a late goal from Stirling going by Twitter. But it was goals from Lauren Ray, an own goal, and Abby McDonald. Apparently it was a screamer, so there we go. Um, uh, so that leaves Queen's Park women sixth in the SWPL2 at this moment in time. The Queen's Park supporters team, I did say that I would keep giving them a little shout out. Well, they continued their 100% start to the season with a 7-0 victory against uh, Hibernian. The Hibernian fan, I think they call themselves. Um, But yeah, they're a pretty new supporters team. I remember what it was like back when I started with the Queen's Park supporters team and it was like a new era and we were taking some fairly heavy defeats pretty occasionally but we managed to be on the other end of it this time and yeah it was like brilliant seven and it, honestly it could have been about 15 now but the, the Hibernian goalkeeper had a, an absolutely excellent game some really really good saves and again I got I didn't even get 90 seconds this week I think I got about nearly 10 minutes this week so it just, it just shows how well we were playing that they could afford to put me on and actually saying that I think when I went on it was 3 now and when it, and then it finished four, uh, 7 now so there was four goals when I went on so am I making a case to, to get longer than 10 minutes who knows I don't think my lungs could take that but maybe there's a case for it did you did you have any contribution were you involved in any of the goals at all I'm claiming half an assist for blocking the goalkeeper's view for our sixth goal right, okay um, <laughs> it all counts. It all counts. It all counts. It all counts. I was told after the game that I should have claimed that I got a touch on the ball because I was actually that close to it. But I'll I'll take just getting in the keeper's way and making it difficult for him. So that's what I'm pretty good at, and uh, that's what I'll continue to do. So yeah, so the Queen's Park Sports team that was another good victory for them, and they are going to continue their march to hopefully the league title. Um, News for Queen's Park. So we do have the transfer news that we touched on earlier. We'll come back to that in a moment. The big news of the week, though. Yesterday, Monday afternoon, the SPFL Trust Trophy, third round draw. And for a long time, it's been, when was the, the new Saints game? Was that 2016, 2017, something like that? Um, it's been a long time since we've drawn one of these, uh, I suppose, foreign and, and air quote uh, clubs because obviously at this stage, they invite two teams from Wales and two teams from Northern Ireland into the cup. And... This year, we have drawn Cliftonville away, so we're going to have a day trip to Belfast sometime around the weekend of the 24th of September. We're yet to really work out what's happening. Obviously, that is an international weekend. Northern Ireland are playing at home as well on the Saturday. They're actually playing at five o'clock on the Saturday, so... We're not sure if our game's going to be shifted either to an early Saturday kickoff, a Friday, a Sunday. We don't know. All we do know is we're going to have a wee trip to Belfast and that we're all absolutely buzzing for it, aren't we? Oh, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to this. I was watching the draw on YouTube when, when they were doing it live and I think it was possibly the second game to, to be pulled out. Uh, and as soon as... It's, I, I knew we were ball number 18 and as soon as, as, soon as he, he drew Cliftonville... And then number 18, I think I actually let out a wee squeal because, yeah, I, I, I was really hoping for something like this and, and I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, 
the their, their ground is really well known for people that like to you know ground toppers like to go visit different different stadiums with a bit of character and stuff and it, it looks brilliant holds about three thousand or something i think they get average crowds about 1500 um i'm not particularly fussed whether it's the friday the saturday or the sunday i won't be attending the scotland game even if i had a ticket i wouldn't be attending it to i wouldn't be um i wouldn't be missing this trip for that so yeah really looking forward to it. but hopefully they, they can do something that makes it easier for people to attend both games if they want to yeah, I've always thought that having the, uh, as you put it, the, the foreign teams in this competition is absolutely ridiculous until I've seen that come out of the draw and suddenly it's the, the most ingenious idea I've ever heard. But aye, tremendous, tremendous draw and I don't think you could have picked better um, in terms of location either. Even just the like, getting the ferry across, it's not far from where you get off as well. Pretty ideally located, you're not in the middle of nowhere. Aye, what more could you ask for? Well, Belfast is a really good city. I've been a few times, really enjoy it. And uh, I suppose this will just be a wee kind of taste of what it will be like when, when we start qualifying for Europe regularly. <laughs> Aye, we're one of those, those, those Scottish clubs going and losing 7-0 uh, to, to random Lithuanian teams or whoever it may be. I'm, I'm very hopeful that we're not going to be on the end of that kind of result. Obviously, as I said at the start there, so it was actually it was 2018 that we played the New Saints. That, fin- that game finished two each and Queen's Park won on penalties. Obviously, that was a that was a pretty good result then because I'm sure with the, the New Saints, were they not in Europe at that point as well? Were they not close to qualifying for Europe, I think? The so New Saints were... No, they were, they were Welsh champions, definitely, when we beat yes, them. Yes, um, I think 100%. They'd maybe had like a Europa League, you know, one of these first yeah. round qualifiers, something like that. Yep. So, so yeah, we, you know, little amateur Queens Park at that time had gone and beaten. They were region as well. They were a European. Like, oh yes, of course they were, because I, I think like manager you, have a, you have a quick look at the um, Cliftonville Twitter and stuff like that. It looks like a few of their fans think it's going to be a pretty, pretty easy result. Maybe that's just them being confident, which is fair enough. But um, yeah, certainly they thought that they were going to be walking all over us, and obviously that turned out not to be the case. So. So we'd certainly take that again when we get over to Belfast at the end of September. Well, we were actually really unfortunate in the next round as well. We got another Welsh team at home, didn't we? We got Connors Key Nomads at home in the next round, oh, I believe. And, uh, and in that game, we were one up until maybe the 80-something. If, if I remember correctly, I think we were one nil up until the 80-something minute and we conceded two late goals. So, so yeah. Um, and then they went on to beat Kilmarnock the next season in the, in the Europa League qualifying so uh, that was that was quite an embarrassing one for them but um it, it's a funny one because i actually i couldn't I, I don't know too much about northern irish football i know that uh i, I think they're actually semi-pro I, I i don't think they're completely full-time and, and I, but I, I couldn't tell you how it really compares to the level that we're playing at so i don't know a bit of a mystery but I, i'm looking forward to it anyway yeah, we absolutely are, and as I say, we'll hopefully have some news from the club uh, in the next, maybe hopefully, couple of days. Where they did put a post on Twitter saying don't book anything right now until the dates are confirmed and everything, so to me that suggests that it's maybe even not going to be on the Saturday, it could well be the Friday or the Sunday, but we wait to see the latest uh, and the latest confirmation of that from the club, hopefully very, very soon, and we can start to get really, really excited about that away trip. Transfer news. So we do have a potential new body coming in. So it was mentioned before, it was potentially a right back, and it looks like he maybe played in a young QP side that played St Mirren 11 uh, yesterday, I think again as well. I think it was on Monday. And uh, so, first of all, Queen's Park won that game 2 1. 
against St Mirren. It was goals from Naismith and Moore. And the trialist that we spotted is a right back and it appears to be David Boating from Crystal Palace. So it's potentially another another Boating coming on, on loan from Crystal Palace. Enzo, I believe you've had a quick look into him. Yeah, I mean, just, just a little bit. Um, obviously quite confusing that, that we might be signing another player on loan from Crystal Palace with the same name as our current Crystal Palace loanee, but seems to be quite highly highly regarded. Uh, he's actually played one game for the first team, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was in, in the League Cup at some point. Um, and uh, yeah, he seems like a you know, it seems like he could potentially fill that gap. Obviously, we touched on it a wee bit earlier. Davidson is a great player, but I still think there's a bit of development there, especially in terms of in terms of the way he defends. And other than him, I, I don't really know if we have many many options in that position. Um, Boateng's only twenty one, and and the thing is, before we brought. Or other boating in, so Mal- Malachi boating in. Uh, we were a little bit apprehensive about bringing players in from from you know the 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 reserve teams in the youth leagues down south. But you know he he's been excellent, so I I feel as though we can have a bit of faith in the way that these these young guys are are, are you know trained and, and and the way they play at Crystal Palace and 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 how decent they are. So if he does come in, fingers crossed, he's you know he's he's as good as as the other boating we have. Yeah, I did a wee bit of hastily Googling before this podcast and from what I can see, he has actually played a game or two or he has he can play left back as well. So I don't know if there's some logic in, in that um, around Robson's backup. Should he get injured at any point in the season or just need a break? The guy seems to never not be playing. Um, I it, it does feel odd if he is just coming in as right back to an extent because either... Naismith clearly is way below what the club were expecting, or is he actually now deemed as a sub centre back? I'm not too sure. Um, or is it just an opportunistic sort of he became available and there's clearly some potential reservations about what we've got right back just now? I'm not too sure. Um, if I thought we were going to be getting another loan signing in, I kind of thought it would potentially be a goalie. Not necessarily to replace Ferry, but to compete with him. I think if Ferry does get injured, it, it puts a lot of pressure on Hegarty when he's not had that much first team experience at all. So I kind of thought that's where we might strengthen um, at the tail end of the season. And I guess we we might still be able to. I can't remember what the cap is on loan signings that you can have. Is it five? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I hope it does come in. Um, the more the merrier and as you mentioned Enzo if he's as good as the other Boateng then I will take it Yeah absolutely and I mean it's probably as you say as well obviously goalkeepers maybe the one place that we haven't well I mean we haven't signed anybody this year and right back is probably that last one obviously Naismith has come in but he has the few times he's came on he's actually played centre back so obviously Alex Bannon's came on and he was substituted on in the Cove game he came on at right back as well but yeah, it's, it's a, I suppose it has a chance to, to strengthen that position. Maybe he can play a couple of positions, which would also come in handy as well for, for him to get game time. But I'm, part of me is actually maybe thinking maybe this is just the start of maybe some kind of connection with Crystal Palace. Obviously, we mentioned when Malbo time was signed that it seemed to be it was uh, Doogie Friedman, who is the head of youth down at Crystal Palace, so obviously has a connection with Owen Coyle, maybe for as long as he's here. We can strike up maybe some kind of partnership if we can get some of their best young players like like the the Boatings on loan. That 
I mean, that's going to benefit them for their development. It's going to benefit us for having these great players coming in. It, seem, it seems like all round it could well be a win-win. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not opposed to us having some kind of informal relationship with with a club playing at that level that can uh, help us out from time to time with you know with positions that we specifically need to 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 fill. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed if he does come in, he's pretty good. And to be fair, if this is going to happen, then it has to be tomorrow because we're now recording this on Tuesday night, which is the thirtieth. I think tomorrow is the last day to to sign anyone, or is it a little bit longer for loan signings? I think it's sometimes like the first or the second, is it not? I'll need to double check when that actually shuts. But yeah, you're absolutely certainly it's this week. At some point, it's gonna it's gonna slam the window is going to slam shut, and yeah, we'll we'll then need to make do with what we've got until January. So yeah, you would hope if this is going to be done, it has obviously just popped up in the last twenty four hours or so. We would we would like to think it'll be done very quickly, and we'll have confirmation of it pretty soon. Yeah, and and if it is going to happen, I'd like him in before the game up at Dens Park, ideally, just so that we've got that extra cover. It says here that it is actually midnight on the 1st of September, so yeah, it's going to have to be done very soon, so fingers crossed that we can get that uh, that confirmed shortly. So that is the, the kind of latest, uh, Queen's Park latest, we'll need to come up with some kind of catchy title for the little news segment, but that is that there, the latest news with Queen's Park in the last week. We're going to move on now and we're going to continue our segment of naming our favourite starting 11, our favourite amateur starting 11 of our time supporting Queen's Park, so say within the last 20 years, 20, 25 years or so. I think I got all the rules and all the caveats named in there. So yeah, we're moving on to centre-backs now. There are a, There's a lot of pretty good names that, that we can go back through here. Um, I think we're all choosing different players, so Enzo, I'm going to come to you first. Do you want to give me the two names that you're choosing and your reasons why? Yeah, the two, the two names that I'm choosing are... Uh, Richard Sinclair and Jamie Brough and the reason why is that they were both excellent centre-halves who played for us for quite a few years and very rarely let us down. Sinclair was probably my first favourite player when I first started going to watch Queens. I don't know exactly what it was. I just I, I, I really liked the guy um, and I think he was an excellent servant to the club. Both of them were um, and yeah, it, it's a difficult position because there's plenty of other names that, you know, when you, when you think about the centre-back position. There have been so many over the years that, that you really want to give a good shout-out to, and I know we will, but this this has been a really difficult one to, to pick, and, and it was definitely close with the other names too. But yeah, for me, I'm, I'm going with those two. Alan, do you want to give us your two? I found this really hard, right? I had a long list of, I think, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven centre-backs that I was choosing between. Um, but I've kind of landed, and, and, and again massive like sort of caveat to this that I don't necessarily think these were the best two but these are the ones I enjoyed watching the most so the first one was Damiano Agostini played for us for what felt like forever one of my favorite players of all time just a total no-nonsense defender didn't pass a ball just made great tackles proper loved it um so he was he he's in there for me easily and the second one is probably the one that I had more trouble over so I've landed with Stephen Riley on the basis that again he's kind of similar to Agostini. So as you can see, my team is going to centre back is going to be relatively no nonsense. But Stephen Riley, he did score a few goals for us as well whilst he was with Queens. Um, I think he had a period where he was taking penalties, which was a bit bizarre. Um, 
but yeah, that that's who I've went with. I can give you my long list later, but I'll uh, I'll pause on that just now until you've went through yeah. yours, David. We'll, we'll we'll come back around because I think there is quite a good list of honourable mentions. I think even when we talk, we'll we'll come up with more. It almost feels like we have been spoiled with some uh, some either just great players or uh, characters at centre half, and I think I'll be going with a little bit of both here. I'm going to choose my two as Ricky Little, and I'm going to choose Tony Quinn. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about Quinn first. I'll talk about Quinn first because again, utility player. Oh yeah, well absolutely. I know we. You know, it seems to be like we're kind of going like four four two with this, but I'm picking Quinn. But I can play pretty much any formation I want here with Quinn because I, I, he's lined up. He lined up in every single position, barring goals, and I'm sure he would have done that had he been asked to at some point. He obviously, you know, the, there's all the talk of. You know, players like, I don't know, well, I was going to say Ryan Giggs, but I probably shouldn't these days, should you? But, you know, all these players that, you know, like Paul School, you know, these one-club men who just stayed with the one team, you know, the Steven Gerrards and all that, those guys that, you know, gave everything for their club and everything. Well, Tony Quinn was the exact same for us. You know, he, he was with Queen's Park for, was it eight? I think it was 18 years. I've got it, according to my Google search, it was 2001 to 2019 before he was forced to retire through injury. Um, you know, nearly, uh, nearly 400 appearances for Queen's Park in that time. As I say, he lined up absolutely everywhere. He had his, um, he had spells, at, you know, Great seasons at centre back, where you know, like Agostini, he was no nonsense. <laughs> He's absolutely no nonsense. Certainly didn't take it from anybody. He also had times where he was playing in, in defensive midfield, centre mid. He was he was filling in elsewhere, and then even had those couple of seasons where he was playing up front. And out of nowhere, or certainly in my, in my opinion, out of nowhere, he, he banged in the goals for us for a couple of years. So he, he could do it all pretty much for Queen's Park. Um, I also had to pick him because I have to talk about the very first time that I introduced myself to the Queen's Park fans. So obviously, it was back 2000 and let's say maybe 2006. So my first proper season going to as many games as possible was like 2007 8. But I'm sure 2006, maybe even 2005, starting to go to a few home games with with Callum and his dad and jumped on to the uh, signed up to the the old Queen's Park fans forum it was before Spiders Talk was it not just was it called qpfc.com is that right well, I don't was, remember our life before was, that I, it that was yeah and, and Spiders Talk was was kind of what, was what we uh, launched that, yeah. after the QPFC forum shut down yeah yeah that's right it's back so, a long time there David. I know well I know that <laughs> I, I like Callum staying on but I know there was never a Queen's Park forum before Spiders Talk which uh, I like that but no, I don't I don't remember it I don't remember it right <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just that true to our brand here that we've got, our, our brand that we have there we are our, our line that we've got here but yeah so it was on qpfc.com and it must have been after one of my first games and so I didn't really know any of the players but I just signed on and I just gave my opinion and I went oh, I thought I thought Quinn was quite I don't know what I said so I'm like oh I didn't think he played that well or I thought he was quite slow or something like that something something to those words and um I felt the wrath of the Queen's Park <laughs> sport the Queen's Park faithful after, after that um Obviously, not. I was not aware at the time that Quinn was either just recovering from, or or was not long back from. Was that a double leg break that he had, or was it just two separate leg breaks? But either way, you know, two serious injuries, or whether it was one super serious injury. You know, he'd obviously just fought back there. He was already, you know, even back in say two thousand five, two thousand six, he was already a bit of a legend back then. He then, and apparently. The story still goes that apparently he was looking for me in the in the club after a game, asking for my asking for my screen name in the pub. Thankfully, at that point, I was way too young for the pub, and oh, I've outed myself now. But I'm sure I could. Uh, I'm sure I could face him 15 years later on. But um, you know, uh, yeah, you know, after that, you know, 
I mean, I quickly grew to love him. Not not that I was forced to, but you know, you quickly start to appreciate when you start knowing these players and everything like that. He was he was one of those guys. Again, not saying he was the best player ever, and I'm sure I won't get slated for that. He's not the greatest footballer to have ever against Queen's Park, but he's just one of my favourites because it was always it didn't matter what position he was forced to play, you know. It didn't matter where in the country we were playing and everything like that. It was a hundred percent all the time, and yeah, he was yeah he was just um, a great guy to watch. I'm, I'm yeah. sure you both agree. Oh, definitely, absolutely. I mean, I think we've all got memories of, of Quinn's time at the club. Um, he was just involved in so much across so many seasons. I think one of my one of my favourite memories of, of of Quinn was uh, when we beat we beat Berwick four one down there. I think it was on a Tuesday night, and he scored two goals that night. And That's right, uh, yeah. We we I think we was that the season that we did we stay up that season we did we stayed up that season and Berwick went 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 straight back down. Um, Quinn scored two goals that night and it was uh, just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It was always good that, to beat Berwick away, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. I, oh, those away games were absolutely class. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think you're you're right on Quinn though. It's um, absolute club legend and. He just seemed to manage to turn his hand to whatever position we needed. It was kind of the amount of times that he would get you out of holes, even when he was stuck up front as well. I don't think it was his natural position. He'd find a way to bundle the ball into the net one way or another. Um, and I, it was funny, like when you told us that you were putting Quinn at centre back, I, I had to pause for a second to try and remember what was his actual position, yeah. <laughs> like his intended position. And I think it started off at midfield, but no, he was he was absolutely excellent. I think it's pretty noticeable actually when you think about our team so far. Um, obviously we did the fullbacks last week and we we had Barry Douglas and uh, Paul Payton and they were guys that didn't spend massive amount of time at the club whereas like all the centre-back ones that were listed are guys that have been here for forever and a day um, so clearly the the lower leagues were were made for having uh, your your sort of legendary centre backs. Yeah, yeah, they definitely were. Um, obviously, I spoke for a good few minutes here about Quinno. I, I do need to mention Ricky Little. He is obviously my other centre half. Um, he was with Queens Park. I mean, I suppose a decent length of time, especially back then. He was with us for five years. Although two of those years were on two of those seasons, where he was on loan from Partick Thistle before he then joined us permanently well obviously permanently but he joined us for three years obviously signing the new you know the amateur contract every single year uh 140 games and he started off as a right back and he was a little bit shaky at right back he maybe wasn't quite his best and he was moved into center back and and then he became a well a pretty a pretty cracking player at center half um yeah maybe a, a bit in the small side but never let that stop him either he was uh, another one that just gave it his all every single game 140 games for queen's park in those five years he's obviously been moved on to did he go directly to our broth or did he move elsewhere he... before going to our broth did he not uh, spell it partick thistle or am i making that up that was that was prior to coming oh, to was, us no he yeah. went to he went to our broth straight he left us it was in straight after. 2013 i think and went went to our broth where he's been yeah. ever since yeah, and he's, he's been an absolute stalwart for them. He's played every single game. He obviously has gone up through the leagues with them a couple of years in the championship now. Um, you know, and he's, he's done pretty well for them there. Uh, probably shouldn't say it, but I did actually... But he is obviously from Ayrshire, which is where I stay now, and did actually bump into him in one of the uh, the best chippies in the area <laughs> on Saturday <laughs> night. On Saturday night after coming in, he was still in his... I was still in my Queen's Park top, obviously coming straight from the game. He was still in his Arbroath trackie as well, and I t- and I sort t- of glanced up as he came in, and he kind of spotted me as well, and it was just one of those ones where you just it's that nod of the head where you just go, all right, he went, all right, all right. And then that was it. He came over, and was talking away. So, um, 
he actually made a special shout out. I never actually told you guys this either. He actually made a special shout out for Jack Thompson from that 2 0 game. Obviously, um, of all the, you know, obviously all the players, and we thought everybody played brilliantly that game. But he said himself, he said that him personally, he thought Jack Thompson was the best player on the park. So, interesting. Yeah, I've, I've, I thought that he was did very have a interesting. Great game. Yeah, I mean, every, everybody obviously in that Arbroath game did have a really good game. You know, it was a great team performance, but I just thought it was interesting and worth noting that Ricky Lowe said, especially it was Jack Thompson, that, that for him was was the best player in the park. So there we go. So, yeah, um, there there are our set of hands. Let's just recap that. So for myself, it is Ricky Little and Tony Quinn. For Callum, it was, oh, I forgot already, Stephen Riley and... Agostini. Agostini, of course, a current committee member, Damiano Agostini. Yes, yes. And for Enzo, it was... Richard Sinclair and Jamie Bruff. There we go. So we'll get uh, what we'll need to do today or tomorrow. We'll need to get our our back five posted on uh, Twitter and we can start building our, our lineups there and, and see them in person. We can see who we thinks who we think is going to be better than the other one. But there we are. That is our uh, sort of favourite centre-halves and we will move on next week and we'll go... Will we go our wingers, our left mids, right mids? I think we'll do that next week, won't we? Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah let's do that. Let's go for that there. Let's move on to our final talking point of this week, and it is to preview the coming game this Saturday away to Dundee. Uh, pre-season Dundee, um, obviously, where the, the favourites for the league. They've maybe struggled a little bit. They are currently fifth in the league so they are behind us we're on 10 points they're on eight points they have two wins against Arbroath and Wraith they drew 0-0 against Morton and then they've been beaten twice by Partick Thistle on the opening day of the season and most recently by Ayr on Friday night just past they are currently winning 2-0 against Falkirk which I think is probably what you'd expect um this evening in the League Cup so they're going to be going into the game on the back of a midweek win to pick them up off that sort of disappointing loss against Ayr well let's start first of all let's look at about ourselves we've started two weeks in a row with the same lineup in that 4-4-2 formation uh, Callum come to you first I know obviously last week you said you'd maybe have like Bannon to start how would you go in this week would you stay with that same 4-4-2 or are there changes you would make oh um Defensively, no. I would keep. I would keep Eze, Kilday, Robson. Um, for continuity against a team like Dundee, I think regardless of whether we've got the the new Boateng in or not, I think I would perhaps play Davidson at right back. Midfield. I thought we we were weaker in the centre midfield this week than than we were prior, but I don't think I would necessarily make any changes. I'm just looking at the the guys that we had on the bench last week, and I'm I'm struggling to want any of them in ahead of the guys that we've played. The only other option that I could see is potentially doing is is going a wee bit more defensive rather than playing the two up front. But I just I just don't really want to see that. So I think I would be quite happy to see a sort of similar lineup. But in general for this game, I do have the fear a wee bit. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't think there's any risk of Coyle setting us up more defensively for this, to be honest with you. I feel as though he's got confidence in the way we play football and and it'll be it's gonna be a very different game compared to the Cove match because obviously against Cove we saw a team that, that sat back and would have been absolutely delighted with nothing each. But Dundee are gonna you know, they they are gonna want all three points. Does that maybe favour us a little bit? I mean it opens things up a little bit. 
yes, we're more likely to concede as well. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if it was a fairly high-scoring game. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I could almost possibly understand. Yeah, I, I think, I think you just go with the same team again, don't you? I mean, I, if everyone's available, then I would, I would just start with the exact same eleven. Even if, even if um, Boateng two does come in. He, he's on the bench for me I, I don't think you, you make a change like that straight away anyway not until he's had a bit more time around the squad and, and not against you know the, the team that should be the best in the whole division I think it is worth remembering as well after me being so pessimistic there is that when we played Dundee initially our team does look quite different now in terms of the guys that we've brought in um, for the better and our formation is totally different as well so it won't be the, the same sort of side shaping up as what we've seen previously um which will hopefully be to our advantage and it's just such a tough tough one to judge isn't it because you do expect dundee to be doing better than than what they have done this this so far this season and you can't imagine that continuing um for a prolonged period of time um especially when they're at home but you can potentially see it continuing for a prolonged prolonged period of time because they could be the Falkirk. Well, I don't know if necessarily they could be a Falkirk, but let's be honest, like as a club in general, they're not particularly renowned for being predictable and stable. They they are an, an utter basket case. And you know, I, I watched that game against Air on, on Friday night last week, and the defence was shocking. Right, Air Air had a good attack inside, but the goals that Dundee conceded. Were, were really poor and, and I would fancy us to take this game to them. I mean, it's, it's going to be difficult, definitely, but I, I've seen nothing to, to suggest that, that Dundee are necessarily any any better than, than, you know, some of the sides that we've already played this season. So, I mean, it's almost, it's almost a free hit, isn't it? I, I don't think any game is necessarily a free hit. You know, you, you go in and you do your best to, to get a result, but if we don't, it's not the end of the world. So I would, I'd be tempted to just go for it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Enzo. I, I would like to see us stay with the same formation. I would, I would even stay with the same lineup. There is no reason to to make any changes, even if perhaps against Cove, the the midfield two of Thompson and Boateng probably had their their worst performance since they started lining up together. But saying that, like they, they weren't bad, you know, they were maybe a six out of ten instead of the seven or the eight out of ten. They were still perfectly fine, you know. They still did what they needed to do. There was. There was no real major issues. They just didn't maybe have the influence on the game we would have liked. But I'm thinking back... Oh, sorry, go. No, I was just going to say, the reason for that is that Cove didn't have as much of a midfield presence as what we've seen in previous games as well. And and, and that's why Boateng, you know, he he thrives off of cleaning up, you know, these little passes and just doing the simple things. But, But Cove didn't, you know, they didn't pressure us and the ways where he gets heavily involved in the game, Dundee will absolutely. And and you know, I'm I'm not nervous about him and Thompson at all in the middle of the park. I think um, I think they they they're more than capable of competing with with Dundee. Yeah, absolutely. And and the way that I think as well, I, I'm thinking back to obviously the the Premier Sports Cup game, uh, the the two one loss that we had against Dundee that day. We lined up the four five one by then. Obviously, both teams have had obviously a good few games. I, I feel like we are in a much better place than when we the, than where we were back at that game. We know a lot more about our team. We've obviously still improved the team. There's also been some new faces coming in. I, I just, I don't see us. I don't see us lining up more defensively. I wouldn't like to see us go the four five one because that again would maybe invite even more pressure on or something like that. I don't know. But it's that having that front two of Murray and Williamson. Because we've seen it 
you know, Murray obviously got running about against Dundee last time, but he didn't have that support beside him. When when he's got Williamson beside him, it is completely different. And I would like to see us do that against Dundee's defence because I don't obviously pre season, yes, they were the favourites and, and we all called them as our favourites and everything. But see after seeing them and after seeing their results and everything like that, they're not really to be feared. And I mean we've had a really good game against there. We I suppose on you know, three two loss, but we certainly took the game to air in the first half before whatever happened happened. We did well against Thistle. Obviously, again, the scoreline made it probably look a little bit closer than I think it should have been. And and Dundee have lost to those two sides. If we competed well against Thistle and Air, is it a little bit simple to just go, oh, well, if we've done well, if we've beaten Thistle and Thistle beat Dundee, then we can beat Dundee? <laughs> it would be nice if it worked like that. And I mean, and our collapse against Air was in part when we went to a really, really defensive formation where we tried to hold out as well. Yeah. Um, which didn't help with it. And I think it is a good point that you made about the, the style of play that we'll see from Dundee versus Cove because Dundee are going to be pushing forward. They're going to have more of the ball, um, not necessarily more of the ball than us, but more of the ball than Cove had versus us. Um, and we're set up really well for counter-attacking. Thomas down the left-hand side, absolutely rapid, tons of pace and ability. Our passing is really, really nice. We've seen that lots this season, lots of really, really fluid moves, not necessarily always resulting in goals, but... We get up the park quickly now um, and effectively. So we might actually sort of set up a wee bit better against teams like Dundee because I thought that was part of the reason that we've done pretty well against Thistle too um, was having that wee bit more space because we, we do have the breakout from defence and whilst we've talked about Davidson and some perhaps deficiencies in the defensive side, when he does get the ball at his feet and runs, I mean, he scored from it already against Inverness um, just running in a straight line until he got to the goal. Um, Robson, we know what he's like as well um, turned into an absolute player over the last year so there, there will be opportunities and it's it's such an exciting game, it's such an exciting game I can't believe that we're sitting third in the championship going to play Dundee away and talking about how we could like realistically win it, it's, it's nuts Yeah and I, I'm really looking forward to going to Dens Park as well because I think Am I, am I right in saying this is the first time we've played Dundee away since 1953 or something absolutely ridiculous like that? Which is good timing because it's good timing because I think they're actually planning on tearing it down at some point over the next couple of years and, and building a new probably one of these wee Legoland stadiums. So a good opportunity to to see it before that eventually happens if it happens. Obviously, if it happens, because so many clubs in Scotland have these big ideas for new stadiums and they never happen, don't they? So we'll see. But um. Yeah, very exciting. Like, close to the bone there, Enzo. I know I was. That wasn't. wasn't, that, wasn't a, that was more of a <laughs> thinly veiled insult. No, 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 no. Because at least our stadiums, you know, it actually exists. It's it's not finished, but it exists. It was more of a dig at the likes of Aberdeen and stuff that have been threatening to build a new stadium for the best part of a decade, and nothing's happened yet. Right, we have moderately sized plans for our stadium as opposed to big, exactly, tiny new exactly. plans. Yeah, exactly. Well, we did see it when we were getting the bus on uh, on Saturday. It does look like it's coming on a little bit. I mean, this is obviously a, a complete tangent to what we're talking about right now, but it does look like it's starting to come on. And I think you've even seen pictures uh, either on Sunday or on Monday where it looks like the like the actual roof of the, the sort of stand, like the actual cladding's going on the side of it. So it's maybe going to start resembling a stadium very, very shortly. Maybe we will be there sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be the only, the, the only thing on my Santa list this year is uh, Lesser Hamden to be open. Well, second to the supposed Queen's Park special edition kit 
which oh, is going to be released yes. Christmas. Yes. Yeah, yes. Aye. which again, another tangent. But I'm very much looking forward to that as well. Well, I hope it's something completely wild and wacky. I'd love that. It better be utterly insane. Yeah, you know, it's funny <laughs> one, you want it to go viral, like the you know, like the last one did, and for them to be selling it and shipping it all over the world. Yeah, you certainly do. Anything to raise the, the profile of the club is uh, certainly welcome at this time uh, in our journey, shall we say. So while we start thinking of our predictions for this game, Callum, give us a little update. We all, I think we all predicted wild scorelines that didn't come in, but I think we all predicted the Queen's Park win. Yes, no change in the table this week. So uh, unless you want to give minus points to end those 5-0 for being no, I was, the, I was, the I was, away. I was just going to say, actually, my my wild five 0 prediction actually was just as effective as your much more moderate predictions. <laughs> did you not put actual money on five 0 as well, though? I, I did a one. I I put a fiver on it, and, and I don't even <laughs> bet. Like I'm not. I, I very very rarely put a, put a bet on, but I was just feeling a wee bit bold. I put a fiver on us to to win five 0 and for Murray to score any time. To be fair, I think we all. Um... We all ended up a bit uh, frivolous. Yeah. For, uh... yeah, it didn't help when we were in the Warriors bar before the game, as we said before, and talking to some of the co-fans, and they were giving it all the doom and gloom that it was going to be an absolute doing. They weren't even going to bother going to watch the game, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it certainly didn't. Um, it didn't help quell our um, our for a, a, an absolutely big victory, which just didn't happen. I, funny enough, that's exactly when I put my bet on, <laughs> which makes <laughs> sense. But um, oh. yes, so Enzo, you had 5-0 Queens, uh, David, you had 3-1, and I had 3-0. So that is a point each, which means that Enzo, you have four points, David's still leading away with six, and I also have four. So I have a feeling we might end up duplicating a couple of results here because none of us are going to predict a Queen's Park loss. I, I just wonder who's going to be brave enough to predict a Queen's Park win. Enzo, you are you are in third place at the moment. Or yeah, joint, so joint second, but you go first. I am never going to predict a loss. Like I have no intention of predicting any loss all season, regardless of what kind of form we're in and who we're playing against. Uh, so, um, do you know what? 3-1 Queens. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know it's just as it's just as realistic. Let's be honest with the the results that we're seeing across the championship this season. It's just as realistic as us going out and losing five 0 Do you know what I mean? It's it's wild. Yeah. So who's your who's your scorers? Um, Murray's going to score against Dundee for sure. His boyhood club, isn't it? I think. Yeah, it is, so yeah. so yeah, he's going to score against them for sure. And Murray and a Thomas double. Nice, nice, David. What about you? Oh well, you're you're next on the table. I'll I'll go last. Oh, 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 you, right, go, okay. you go next. Um, I am slightly less optimistic. I am going for two all. Um, I'm going to also predict Murray because I haven't done it since the first week, and it's the worst decision I made in terms of the goal scorers. So I'm going to predict Murray to score, and I'm also going to predict Kenny to come on and salvage a two all draw, and Dundee fans to be absolutely raging at the end of it. Love that. I, I, whatever the result is, I hope that that last point that you made comes true. Um, as for the score, I was thinking two each, but I'm not gonna. I tell you what, I'm not gonna copy you. I will give me three to Queens Park because I just don't see Oof. us. I, I I see Dundee scoring, but I see us scoring, and I want us to win. So uh, something has to give. It's going to be three two Queens Park. Give me 
yeah, Murray as a goal scorer. Uh, give me Savory. No, I keep I keep predicting Savory. I won't predict Savory, and then he'll score this week. So give me Thompson and give me Ezzy. Striker, midfielder, defender, scoring. I like that. The 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 big centre back goals have got to come at some point, don't they? I don't think oh, we've yeah. had any yet. This at one season? point, at one think. point, we'll think that when we've got a corner, we'll stick it on the head of the guy that's six foot seven. Like at one point, we'll consider it, and and, and then he'll score from it. So this will be the week. <laughs> we can but hope. <laughs> we certainly can. So there we are. That is everything that we have to talk about. Hopefully, when we come back next week, it will be pre. Uh, reviewing our fourth victory in a row. Until then, Cal and Enzo, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure as always. Oh, <laughs> hey. he did that. He did the thing. <laughs> he said the catchphrase. Uh, yeah, absolute pleasure as always. And thank you very much to everybody for listening. And we will see you all here again next week. Cheers for listening.